Hey there, future friends! Last week I said I was going to watch two movies. Well, I did half of what I said and I watched Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. And here I am with a review. As usual, the first half will be spoiler free and the second half will be looser with the specifics. So fear not, I won't spoil a thing for you unless you want me to. everyone welcome to the show that's right chip and dale rescue rangers review but before i do that let me give you the premise and then some of the voice actors in it so this movie is available on disney plus right now 30 years after their popular television show ended chipmunks chip and dale live very different lives when a cast member from the original series mysteriously disappears the pair must reunite to save their friend this features the voices of john mulaney andy samberg will arnett Eric Bana, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, J.K. Simmons, and Kiki Lane. Oh, that's right. I forgot to um, change what I said. So Kiki Lane is actually in the film. She's not just a voice. She's one of the humans. Because this movie is kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit in the sense that cartoons and humans live right side by side. And this premise is kind of wrong in the sense that the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness premise was wrong. Because if they're a little more specific... It could give a spoiler, but the thing is with Chippendale Rescue Rangers, it's not the kind of movie where a spoiler would ruin it for you. But if you got spoiled for something there, it wouldn't really ruin the movie. It would just kind of take away from the surprise. But what I'm trying to say is that the surprises for Chippendale Rescue Rangers don't really matter as much as it does for like a Marvel movie or hell, even a big indie movie like something A24 does, like like Men that came out last week. But still, I'm not going to talk about specifics quite yet. Instead, let me just say that this movie was really funny. It, it was fun. I enjoyed it. There were some parts where I got distracted. Like when my cats walked by, I'm like, oh, hey. And I picked the, picked the cat up, playing with the cat instead. Going, oh, and then my attention got brought back. So it wasn't an amazing movie in the sense that I was engrossed the whole time. But let's actually talk about what the movie's about. So we have Chippendale, decades after their show ends, and... Chip is an insurance salesman, pretty damn good at his job, and Dale is trying to hold on to any semblance of that fame they once had by going to conventions, selling autographs. And I'm really glad the movie didn't poke fun at people who do that, because it's very easy, it's very, it's very low-hanging fruit to make fun of people who go to cons and live off that. But I think it treated them well. It just showed, yeah, it's, it's sad. And they are now kind of scrounging for what little bit they can get when at one time they were pretty famous, but it was never cruel, which I liked. So one of their friends goes missing and Chip and Dale reunite and are on the case. And we have Kiki Lane helping them, who is a cop who was put on the case of the of their missing friend. And actually pretty early on in the movie, we figure out what happened. I think it's one of the first things we see is a story of Chip and Dale and then why the show ended, at least in their movie. 
Because remember, this is fiction. It has nothing to do with why the Rescue Rangers actually went off the air. But what this is doing is building a backstory so we know where Chip and Dale are in their relationship when the movie starts. And what I liked most about this movie was how self-aware it was. Like, it, it was setting up things from the very beginning that paid off at the end, or even halfway through the, uh, halfway through the movie, that may not have been wonderful jokes, but it was funny. Like rebooting old cartoons and they have to make it cool by having a character rap or something. And they were also very aware of their show and how it worked. But one more thing that was very impressive about this movie was how many other non-Disney cartoons made it into the movie. And even out of the Disney cartoons, how they really tried to not forget much. Like Bonkers was there. Do you remember Bonkers? I'm pretty sure some of the gummy bears were there. But the good thing is it wasn't constant. So I wasn't overwhelmed. Like during the convention scenes or when they're out in the world exploring. A lot of different references out there. But there were scenes where it's just the two of them talking or they're talking with the officer. And I like that it didn't feel too try hard. That it wasn't too inundated with all of these, hey, look at us, look how fancy we are references. A lot of creators I've seen have mentioned the fact that Disney lawyers must have worked overtime to get so many of these other properties. My favorite cameo, it wasn't really a cameo because the person was actually a character, but my favorite non-Disney character in there was actually a character that technically never saw the silver screen. And if you stay till the spoiler section, I'll just let you know who it is. But you know what? I almost didn't do this episode because I didn't think I would have enough to say. And that's why originally I wanted to do this and the valet so I can have two movies to talk about. But it didn't work out that way. And I ended up watching this. And I thought, you know what? Even if it's a super short episode, even if it's like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'll do it anyway. So if you are listening to this, thank you very much. But let's talk about one of my biggest gripes about animated movies. And if you've listened to the show before, you know what it is. And it's the fact that it didn't need this vocal cast. I mean, some of them, sure. So let's revisit this. So who, uh, who worked? J.K. Simmons has such a unique voice that he just works. Seth Rogen does too. There's this really, really good Seth Rogen gag. Like, really funny. Maybe laugh probably the most during the entire movie was a single gag with him. And Keegan-Michael Key can do voices. He's been doing a lot of voice acting ever since he, he really made it. So I guess, but let's look at the fact that we have John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as Chip and Dale. And while they do have, while at least John Mulaney has a unique voice, I don't think they were needed. And you know what? I love Eric Bana. He was Nero in the Star Trek reboot in the first Kelvinverse movie, and I thought he did a great job. I am a fan of his. But are you telling me there was no other Australian voice actors out there who could have done this? Are you telling me that the original voice actors for Chip and Dale weren't available for this? And the way they handled it in the movie was that the Chip and Dale voices were actual voices they were doing, and their honest speaking voices were quite different. And okay, that, that kind of worked, and I got it. And at least it answered the question on why they sound so different. So it makes me wonder if the Mario movie is going to do something similar with Chris Pratt. So as far as answering the question why they sound so different, the movie did a good job. And this really isn't the worst offender as far as needlessly famous actors doing 
voiceover work. So it could have been a lot worse, and that's really why I'm not giving this more shit. Overall, it was a good movie. It's well worth your time, especially because it's on Disney+, Plus, a service that if you don't already have it, maybe you know someone who does, maybe you can try a free trial. Hell, it's $7.99 a month. For less than the price of a regular movie, you could watch that and a month worth of movies. So I think that that is one of the big benefits of streaming services. Even if you don't want to get them and pay for them all year, you could save up the movies you want to watch, get it for a month, watch them, and it only costs you $7.99, $10.99, whatever the price of these things are. So it's well worth the cost just for this film, especially because Disney Plus has a lot more to watch. And overall, the film had good pacing. There were just a couple lulls where I got distracted. Because when I'm left to my own machinations, my attention span could wander. Because I'm like, oh, I'm watching a movie. Or there's Pokemon I could play. Or look, here's a cat. Or, and it just goes on and on and on. My biggest complaint about the movie, and I don't think this is a spoiler. Because it doesn't have anything to do with the actual plot. And let's be honest. I don't think it'd be a huge spoiler telling you some of the cameos that are made. But anyway, my biggest pet peeve with this movie is that the original theme song doesn't really play. It plays a little. It plays when they talk about the show and it plays when they put in a, like a tape of the old show for a little bit. But we never hear the full theme. And there's even a gag that Chip has about reboots and not playing the original theme song. And it's like, come on, guys, you played a little too heavy into this. There is an updated version of the song that they play, which I, I didn't mind. I thought it was a good version. Far, far better than that Fallout Boy Ghostbusters song, which blew my mind that I didn't like that because I love Ghostbusters and I love Fallout Boy. So that should have been just a, a home f***ing run, but it was a swing and a miss for me. So we never hear the full theme. Maybe if I kept going to the end of the credits, they would have played it, but... Mm. Oh, another downside is that the story is fully predictable. But of course, I wasn't watching this movie to be surprised. So once the story was introduced, I, I had a theory. And then the more the story went along, I didn't buy their red herring for one second. And I was like, nope, this is not what's going on. This thing is instead. So when the end of the movie comes, I was right. So while that was disappointing, I didn't care enough. It's not like I'm watching some mystery or the next big Marvel movie is out and I see everything coming from a million miles away. That would be disappointing. With this one, it was a little more acceptable because you don't watch a movie like Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers and expect expert storytelling with red herrings that actually work. Another positive for this movie is that it's only about an hour and a half. It's like a little bit of change past an hour and a half. And I had plenty of time to watch that. If I wanted to, I could have come home from work and watched it and recorded this episode. So a lot of the references and cameos were fun. It's a quick movie, well worth your time. It was well done. And it may have been predictable, but that's really forgivable when it comes to something like this. Chippendale Rescue Rangers is worth your time. And Chippendale Rescue Rangers gets an 8.5 out of 11. Well, my future friends, it's break time, and after we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about specifics for the movie. And as usual, it's not going to be a whole nother review, it's just a couple specifics I liked that would be spoilers for some. So we'll be right back with the spoiler-filled section. 
Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day -day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good, Good journey, journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. All right, everyone, we are back with the spoiler filled section. So this is your last warning in three, two, one. So Ugly Sonic really isn't a spoiler at this point, right? Ugly Sonic has been all over the internet, but I just didn't want to take a chance. I didn't want to take a chance that someone who would have found that really cool and fun was just listening going, oh, well, f I didn't know that. Thanks, Billiam. But damn it, I loved Ugly Sonic, especially because it was a good character. And what's better is that he was endearing. He was an endearing character. He lost his big chance because he didn't look right. And now he's just trying, trying, trying to make it big. Or at this point, at least make a living. And that's why I really liked about the convention scene is, like I said in the first part, it felt like it wasn't mean. It was respectful to those people. Those people who go to conventions and make a living charging 5 to 20 bucks or whatever for an autograph, which there's nothing wrong with. And the fact that Fat Cat wasn't the villain, I liked and I didn't like. I would have liked it because it would have been funny going, well, hey, I didn't make it as an actor. So I went to a life of crime doing the stuff we did on the show. I thought that would have been a nice twist. I thought it would have been funny. And they even could have introduced Fat Cat earlier. He's like, oh, no, I'm just working as a teller at a bank or something just to find out. No, he is the big bad. And what bothered me about the fact that Peter Pan was a bad guy is that why did he age? Why did Peter Pan age, but Chip and Dale and Monterey Jack and Gadget and Zipper and the Seven Dwarves and everyone else we see, why did they not age, but Peter Pan aged? That part didn't really make any sense, but it's not a big deal. The negatives I can say about this movie don't do much to take the score down. I don't think my score was ever going to be above an 8.5, like unless they really, truly hit it out of the park and wowed me, but I didn't think that was going to be the case. Oh, that's right. We have to talk about the Seth Rogen scene. That was super funny. I forgot how many characters he has voiced. So to have all of them in that scene was hilarious. And then doing the laugh that he's known for. That scene helped show how aware of itself the movie was. So it it was like, hey, we know that Seth Rogen's doing the voice of this weird dwarf thing, and we're going to tip our hat to the fact that he voiced all these other characters. 
So let's talk about that red herring. So the red herring was that Chip thinks Kiki Lane is suspicious because her answers to certain questions didn't add up. And he was right. They didn't really add up. Are we really going to believe her grandma knew how to work a VCR and record episodes of a cartoon to send to her? Really? Hell, my parents barely knew how to use a VCR. I had to teach them multiple times how to use a DVD player. And the fact that she said she was a super fan but couldn't name a single episode. Which in the real world isn't that weird. Like, how many of you can actually name your favorite episode of a cartoon that's not something like Simpsons or Futurama or Bob's Burgers or something like that? Like, how many of you can go, oh yeah, I used to love to watch Dragon Ball Z, and my favorite episode is this episode. But within the confines of the movie, I did buy that as a reason not to trust her, but I knew we could because it was a little too obvious. So then who else could be the bad guy or the hidden bad guy besides Peter Pan? Obviously, Captain Putty. And that fight between Kiki Lane and Putty, or what is Kiki Lane's character? Let's see. Between Ellie and Captain Putty was actually really good. That was a clever fight. And on how a real human would fight a, not just a cartoon, but a stop motion animation character made of putty. So this movie was so smart in so many different ways, and it did a really good job. And that's what really impressed me about it. But then that end, that end, when they say, they say it again, Chip says it, that they're going to bring the original theme back and not some new modern version. And they play a new modern version. Come on. It was still good. I did like that song, but... The original Chippendale song was so good. And wasn't it the best that Ugly Sonic was who helped bring the cavalry at the very end? And I knew that Pog Slammer, A, there were Pogs in the movie, which was f***ing fantastic. But I knew that Pog Slammer would come back and play a part. Because why else would they show it and then have them both leave it there? The only possible explanation would be that Kiki Lane would give it to them after going, oh, now that you're friends again, you left this at the at the police station. But it worked so much better that Dale picked it up and was had it, and that's what saved his life. Because once Dale had that fake death scare when Chip thought the um, that washed-up doll was Dale dead, I knew that was going to come back because they were setting us up for it to happen again, and that time be possibly real. Even though we know with a movie like that, it's not going to be. They aren't going to kill a main character. I mean, Pixar would, and Marvel would, but normal Disney doesn't really do that a lot. And if they do, it's right away. So the question remains, are we going to get a new movie? Because by the end of this one, the Rescue Rangers are back together, they're getting a reboot, they're popular again. Will we get another one? Because they can give us a sequel in one of two ways. They can keep going this way where it's about them in the real world as if the Rescue Rangers was a, was a show that they were actors in. Or they can give us an actual Rescue Rangers movie fully based on the original cartoon and they can say that's the movie they did. Or they could just let it go. I wouldn't mind if they let it go. I mean, I, I would like an animated Rescue Rangers movie just like the old show. I think that would be cool. But this is good. I like this. I like this movie as a one-off. I wouldn't mind if they kept it that way, but we'll see what they give us. But how about you, my future friends? What was your favorite cameo or reference or part of the movie? Let me know. Reach out to me. And hey, I know I haven't done a question of the week in a long time, and this is not an official question of the week, but which old cartoon would you like to see get a movie like this? 
I mean, it doesn't have to be Roger Rabbit style where they're actors in their own thing. It could just be a movie. Which old cartoon would you like to see get a movie? Well, my future friends, thank you for tuning in. I hope you liked the episode. Tell me what you think of the movie. And always remember that you can reach out to me anywhere. You can find my link tree in the show notes, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. I don't have a TikTok in the sense that I produce content, but I'm on there, so you can reach out to me there as well. Don't forget to like the podcast wherever you can, share the podcast wherever you can, and rate and review the podcast. I would like all of the stars, please. If you're new to the show, welcome. Let me know what you think. And if you came back, thank you for returning. Also, don't forget to check out the Friends of the Show, the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. And remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.